Welcome to another episode of We Don't Die, where my goal is to give you evidence that although our bodies will disappear, we survive physical death. I'm your host, Sandra Champlain, author of the book, We Don't Die, A Skeptic's Discovery of Life After Death. Today on our show, we have Jeffrey Marks, who is a professional psychic and evidential spiritual medium. He's a paranormal researcher and an award-winning author. His 25 years of metaphysical studies, combined with more than 10 years of trying to decode, decrypt, and understand the nature of psychic phenomena, has led him to being an extraordinarily compassionate man who is out to make a difference in people's lives. And as he says, he helps foster the fire of multidimensional empowerment within you. Jeffrey has attended mediumship training at the world-renowned Arthur Findlay College in the United Kingdom, as well as taken courses with some of the great mediums like James Van Prague and Lisa Williams. He's the author of The Afterlife Interviews, Volume 1 and 2, and Your Magical Soul. His website, because I know there's people dying to look, I say dying being very funny, is spiritualexploration.com. We Don't Die Radio would like to give a warm and wonderful welcome to Jeffrey Marks. Hello, Jeffrey. Hello. Thank <laughs> you for having me on. This is great. I'm happy you're here. And just <laughs> for our listener, I just spent a half hour before I pressed the record button on this show, and Jeffrey did a reading on me and very accurately uh, saw some really pretty cool stuff and, and people around me and really a fun reading and um, he gave me some really great proof that my dad my grandparents are around and you know I can share more of that later but it, this show is about you Jeffrey so I'll shut up and why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself you're coming to us from where you're in the state of Washington I believe yes yeah, state of Washington up around the Seattle area so that's where I hail from that's where you have is that where you're born raised the whole uh, born and raised in Washington, and uh, yeah, pretty much. I mean, we moved up here into the Seattle area when I was 11 years old. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm here. Oh, very good, <laughs> very good. Um, and how how did you get to be where you are now? I mean, what what well, happened it, in your it, life that brought you here with me now? Um, I'd say probably the first significant plot point in this story. <laughs> it's a beautiful thing. Um, is is at age three. Um, when we were when I was three years old, we lived in a very active, negative, haunted house, and uh, we were only there for eight months. But um, some of the things that we experienced were um, my sister was in the bathtub one night, and the hot water handle blew off on her and scalded her. The water just came out and scalded her. Um, my yes. brother and my mother um, remember seeing the rocking chair in my brother's room rock by itself. And for me, the real significant part of it for me was uh, one night I woke up in the middle of the night and I just happened to glance off to my shoulder and I saw two what looked like two people were walking through my room. And I was kind of like, well, I don't know what's going on here. And um, they were probably about maybe three feet from my bed. And they, they crossed by my bed. Excuse me, I got a thing in my throat. Here. Sure, no problem. <clears> throat> And and uh, they realized I was uh, watching because one of them turned and he looked me right in the eyes and he screamed at me and ran towards me. And so um, quite literally for 13 years, I slept with the covers over my head because I was terrified of yeah. something attacking me. Um, like I said, we only lived in that house for eight months, but it didn't matter where we where we lived. We moved on average every three years when I was a kid until we moved up here. And at every house, um, I would put my quote-unquote feelers out because I wanted to know, is there something here that's going to attack me? Uh, fortunately, there nothing did, um, although we did move into another house that had spirits, but they were not, they were not bad or evil. How scary for a, a young man. Yeah. Oh. Um, yeah, absolutely terrifying. And then um, jump ahead to my teenage years, and... Um, another round came about. Um, as a teenager, I had finally in one way or the other managed to start sleeping without my, my head uh, under the covers. Mm -hmm. The way I dealt with my teenage pressure, we all have that, 
is I would listen to music. And so I would put headphones on and it would relax me. Well, unbeknownst to me at the time, I was putting myself in a, in a really deep meditative state. And one night the cassette tape, so I'm dating myself here, mm-hmm. the cassette tape ended and I had to flip it over. So I opened my eyes and I saw seven people standing around my bed and freaked me out. I was like, oh my gosh, it's, it's, it's the old haunted house thing again. All right. So covers over the head for a week. Well, at the end of that week, I was kind of like, well, now wait a minute. One of two things has happened here. Either I completely imagined it and I'm just totally out of my mind, or there were people there, and if they wanted to scare me, they've had a whole week to do it, whether I, ha- I had my head under the covers or not. So what I did is I, I did a little experiment, and I put myself through that whole scenario again. Um, I got myself down into that really deep state. It took me a little longer, and I had to get past those anxious nerves. But I got back down there, and when I opened my eyes, there they were again. And I tensed up, but I knew something was going on here. And that's when one of them put their hand on my on my wrist, and it felt like I had put my finger in a light socket. And in my head, he said, don't be afraid. We're not here to hurt you. Mm. Um, so this was the introduction to what you'll hear mediums talk about um, as spirit guides and this sort of thing. How old were you when this happened? Um, I was about 15 years old. Okay. So for about a year, year and a half on a nightly basis, um, I would communicate with them. But then, um, you know, life takes over and you got to go out and get the job and the white picket fence and all that. So, you know, all that kind of just went by the wayside. Um, But right around the turn of the the millennium, it just seemed like, you know, I was really dissatisfied with, it seemed like everything I was trying to do to get ahead in life and job and everything like this just wasn't working. And so I threw my arms up in the air and I says, okay, universe or spirit guides, whatever the heck you are, you got to give me some direction here. And that's when my mom calls me up. And she says, hey, turn on Sci-Fi Channel and watch this guy named John Edward. What do you think of that? And so I turned on and watched, and I was kind of like, you've got to be kidding me. Are you trying to tell me I'm going to go do something like this? And the answer I got was, yes, you are. Wow. And so that's kind of where it started. And here I am now. <laughs> In 2006, just real quick, 2006, I joined the Washington State Ghost Society. Okay. Um. And uh, I went in, not as a medium, because I wanted to actually study um, ghosts and haunted locations with the gear, because I wanted to scientifically study it, because that's the other part of me, too, is I'm very much into the scientific study of consciousness to better understand what the possibilities are with all of us. Um, But unfortunately, at the time, the Ghost Society was like, well, you do have these skills, and we are short on mediums. Would you mind kind of doing double duty? Right. Um, and so, yes, I, I did do that. And uh, with the Ghost Society, we don't go out and hunt spirits like you see on television. Mm-hmm. Where it's all ghost hunting. Uh, we don't do that. We used to. We've evolved since then. Uh, when we go into location, um, if, if we are able to validate that there is a spirit present, we will actually engage the spirit with communication from the point of view or angle of, okay, what can you tell us about the nature of your consciousness, the greater consciousness, and how are you able to do the activities that you do? How do you get your voice on the recorder for EVPs? How do you move objects? You know, these sort of things. So this is our quest these days where we're asking some of these really heavy questions when it comes to communicating with spirits. Do you have some answers (laughs) from Uh, that? Actually, yes. Yes, we do. Uh, it depends on where you want to go with the questions, well, though. Um, I'm not really sure where I want to go, but <laughs> but uh, yeah, let I, me tell you this: one of yeah. the things that they are adamant about, and then we have mm-hmm. several EVPs on, is um, all time is simultaneous. It is nonlinear, and that we live in a universe of probabilities, and it's really the power of our mind and our consciousness that creates reality, even for them. And, and we have the ability to more or less just using the mind alone uh, be able to go into these other realms and other realities and get communication back from them um, because they are willing to talk. They are willing to try to make an effort to get through. And this is what's really good about the ghost society is that, yes, we use mediums, but mediums are, are just a tool. They're not confirmation or validation. Um, what 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 is really good about it is if we can get EVPs, which is the electronic voice phenomenon, 
if we can get the voice of the spirit on the recorder to also support and validate what the medium is getting now that's really the the nice that's it that's the stop right yeah can you give us an example when that happened assuming it has for you oh yeah 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 stories Um, are good and i know you're a medium and doing a lot of speaking but i i find more and more the more that i do like the stories really seal the deal when we can imagine something that's happening and you you know tell us so sure hit it one that that comes to mind right away is um we were investigating a uh a ferry boat i think it's a ferry it's a it's a it's a boat anyway it's a travel boat Mm -hmm. and um we had a spirit of a captain communicating to with us through a K2 meter. So a K2 meter has lights that will light up in a certain set of colors. Right. And we were able, just using the K2 meter alone, in combination with mediumship um, and the voice recorder, uh, get his name and that he actually had two stints as captain on board that vessel. And the thing about the Ghost Society is, is they don't tell the mediums any history or anything about the location because obviously we can be tainted otherwise right sure. and so here we do we, we, we get Henry as the name um, on the audio recorder we actually get his voice saying yes um, and then um, for me as the medium I was getting that he had been captain twice on that boat well lo and behold after we're done with the investigation we got historical records um, of that ship and it listed all the captains, and there he was. There was Henry, I forget his last name, but he had two stints on board that vessel as a captain. That is so cool. That is cool. cool. I want to jump back to something, though. I'm going to sure. be all over the place because you're somebody uh, different than me, clearly, in different interests. But you're... Well, I don't know. We're all the same. We all have talents. We're all the same. No, I don't mean like that. But I mean, <laughs> you, you've researched different things. Like I've dabbled in the EVPs mm-hmm. and uh, medium stuff. But that, but like something I just I circled on my piece of paper was haunted house. Now, do people have to be afraid, um, or what? Or what would they do? I mean, because now I, on this show we always talk about. I don't want to say the good stuff, but uh, right. there's not too much of, you know, ghost haunting houses. And um, if people have had that experience, are they doomed? Um, Absolutely not. Um, in fact, our, our research has pretty much indicated that about 99% of the hauntings out there um, are not meant to be evil, mean, scary, or, or, or doomed in any way. Um, and those would be the ones that we can actually confirm spirits are there because there are a lot of, of haunting-like activity that goes on out there that is not related to spirits at all. It's either natural phenomena or the people themselves are haunted. That's an interesting one you, because people – uh, in fact, they, they say – I haven't really done the research on this to know what the numbers uh-huh. are. But they say that um, quite a bit of the poltergeist activity actually comes from the people themselves that are experiencing it. In other words, they've suppressed their emotions and this sort of thing, and you can't do that well. Your consciousness will always find a way to express itself, and sometimes for these people, depending on how they suppress their emotions and and all this stuff, it can come out as perceived haunting-like activity. Wow. Yeah, we've got um, one of our mediums actually kind of does this, um, depending on her, her state of consciousness and things going on in her life. Um, she'll turn off lights walking into a room or have, have computers break down, this sort of thing. And some people can say, well, that's a spirit, but she knows it's not. It's, it's just the nature of her consciousness and what she's going through. We're pretty powerful, and I, I'm of the belief that everything we can do, I call it in heaven, you know, we can do here on earth. It might just take a little longer. We think it does, but that our thoughts and our how we're being and our energy really does create our reality. So I think if there's a lot of negativity no wonder negative things show up that's right right and and that just reminded me of something um i'm sure you know this and probably a lot of your listeners have this experience of divine parking oh talk about that we haven't talked about that on the show what what that really what i love about divine parking is it actually does show the nature of your multidimensional consciousness because if you think about it when you make that intention of divine parking you can do it like five minutes away from the parking lot 
make that intention and get that spot. But what you don't realize is everything had to come into place and be orchestrated even before you made that intention. You know, because think about the stoplights that you may have had to stop at before you made that intention, pedestrians you had to wait for, as well as the person who currently occupies the parking spot in the store needing to get through the line, get out into their car and get out of the parking lot for you to get that space. What that really means is your thought has so much power, that intention to get that parking spot has so much power that it actually goes backward in time to make those particular things fall into place perfectly so you can get into that spot. Jeffrey, that stuff is mind-blowing. <laughs> That's what I love about this stuff. I used, See, to, I used to play games with myself at work doing that sort of stuff. That's one of the things I like about you is that you, you're so interested in stuff, and it's not <laughs> like you've, you've done the work. And in a little while, I'd love for you to talk a little bit more about the Arthur or a little bit about the Arthur Finley College because I know that's – where if one wants to be the best of the best medium, like that's where you go and that that's, exactly that's, that's the go. real deal. And you're really tested and you really have to perform and you, you've got to be the real deal to graduate from there. Um, but the whole thought of time being simultaneous, I, I took a course in remote viewing and um, even looking at pictures, you know, you could tell what happened in the past. You can, I mean, there's just so yeah. much weird stuff in that whole thing and it's it's hard for the mind to get around how like that's possible well it, 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 it's only hard because I think we've been ingrained or conditioned to think that it's that way I think if we had been born with with the notion right out the gate that our thoughts went in all directions um, it would be different mm. I think it could be different yeah and I think um, would it be correct in saying that when you have a medium experience or um, and maybe you could talk too about mediums being psychics but psychics not necessarily being mediums Correct. but when you when you tune into that place I mean you can access the past present future and I'm guessing that's because all time is simultaneous like you're actually going in to that space does that make sense um, that would make sense if you were going in on a psychic level if you were connecting with your your client uh, when it's coming from spirit, uh, yes, they already exist in that no time, no space. But as a medium, your focus is in communication with that spirit. So if there's like past, okay. present, and future information coming through, at least for me, I can only speak for me on this. It, it, for me, it's coming from the spirit, and I'm not necessarily um, hooked into a, a psychic perception with the client because that's not where my focus is at that moment. Right. And the psychic connection is a whole different context of why you'd be working with that person, right? Correct. Yeah, I mean, a psychic will use the same faculties in terms of receiving information, you know, clairvoyance, clairaudience, clairsentience, uh, but their source for that information is different from the medium. Okay. I think I got gotcha. you. Yeah, the, the source for a psychic is going to be the client uh, themselves and, and their aura and their energy, whereas for the medium... Oh. Um, the, the client's energy does play a part in setting up the environment for the communication, but the, but the medium themselves is not, is not focused on connecting with the client. They are focused on connecting with those in the spirit world, which is a different vibration. Yeah, that sounds like a whole different yeah. ball game right there. And a little bit more about you being a medium, because um, I, I love... First of all, I absolutely love that you did a reading for me, and, and to our listener right now, I may... If I'm brave enough, play a few clippets at the end. Um, if that's okay with you, Jeffrey, just to just validate like how awesome you are. Uh, <laughs> um, but I mean, it really takes something to go into want to be a medium, want to be the best of the best, and what's just coming from your head and what's real uh, that's stuff hard. coming from I the mean, other side. So tell yeah. a little bit about why you picked the Arthur Finley School and what kind of an experience that was. Um. Because the Arthur, okay, I, I think first off is uh, in England, they've studied this since the late 1800s, and in, in over there in England, um, spiritualism is its own religion, and so they've really worked at mastering it. Over here in the U.S., it's, it's still not, it's definitely not in the same uh, ballpark or framework as it is over there in England, oh. and so that's why the Arthur Finley College is, is really the place to go. Um, to really learn this. There is no real graduate program, 
but um, what it is is they take uh, they have several different courses throughout the year, and each course is is a week long. But the thing is, is they work you from like 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Hmm. I mean, yeah, there's breaks and stuff in there, but I mean, when you are there that whole day, you are being worked. Uh, it's it's and by the end of that week, you are so happy it was only a week. Because when I <laughs> when I first went. Um, I did uh, two courses, mm-hmm. and um, I am just absolutely amazed I made it through that second course because halfway through that second week, I was still processing all the information I had learned from the week before. It was kind of like, oh, my gosh, I don't think I can handle much more. I'm going to implode. Right. But um, truly, though, if you want to uh, understand and learn how mediumship works and and to really uh, get those gears moving inside you uh that's really where you need to go wow and i'm somebody who went from totally closed and totally skeptic to this and actually having an experience of being able to do some very accurate medium readings that it that's what woke me up that this is real but there's so many people jeffrey that have lost a loved one and are just praying for this to be real and i know out there there are some mediums that have done kind of a half-assed job, if I can say that, of of doing readings. And um, like when you just did my reading, it's like, yes, I understand. No, I don't. Or maybe I need some more information. You definitely didn't want me to feed you anything. And um, Correct. Yeah, I just had a friend recently who didn't have that kind of a reading, and she was just left so disappointed and heartbroken. So I think there's there's a skeptical part in all of our minds, like, is this too good to be true? Is it real? Well, the other thing too is is every reading is different, and and so the conditions. I mean, to me, in my mind, it's amazing we get anything at all, uh, considering the amount of work that has to, to go into it. Because it's 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 the medium, it's the sitter, and it's those in spirit, and the combination of all three of those coming together, creating a perfect storm in order for that communication to go through. And sometimes that doesn't happen. I mean, I've had I've had readings where I've got nothing or the information honestly doesn't make any sense. And so, you know, it, it, it just falls apart. It's, it's unfortunately, it, it is the nature of the beast um, because you are dealing with energy and you're dealing with mind. And sometimes not all of that stuff uh, makes it uh, perfectly into, into the game at the time that you're, you're wanting it to. Right, right. Like when we talked, I... Um didn't bring this up but my grandmother's deceased and it's like grammy please come through please come through now i loved what you said about my grandfather and my dad and that was all right on i'm like well where's grammy you know it's but it's just like let it go let it go yeah <laughs> there are there are some over there and you know there are some spirits that are you know they like to have the floor and <laughs> they're not going to give it up to other people Aww. the other reason too is is um and then i'm not saying this is your grandmother but there are some spirits that in life they allowed other people to take the podium before them and, and speak before them. And they're that way in spirit as well. I've had a few readings where somebody was hoping to hear from so-and-so, and it took like nearly the whole reading until the very end before that person to come forward, only to realize that was who they were in life anyway. They weren't one to speak up um, right away. They, they decided to wait and hold off until the end. Wow. Do we maintain our same personalities? When we... uh, yes, we do, but we don't always necessarily maintain um, certain behaviors. I want the good stuff to stay and the bad stuff to go away. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, you know, we'd, we'd all like that, wouldn't we? Yes. <laughs> no, because because really, the way we are, our behaviors and everything are all related to a framework of how we think in our mind, mm-hmm. and and that doesn't change when we pass away. Uh, we still carry that forward. Now, it's the life review when you get to review your life and you see mm-hmm. your actions. And, and not only that, you get to feel how you made other people feel. That definitely has an impact on your consciousness. And I think it at least will highlight those ideas, beliefs, and behaviors that you really do want to change. But like anything, there's going to be work in order to do that. Your, your mind's just not something going to switch off and go another direction, at least not, not in my opinion. It might for some, but I know for me, when I see certain behaviors, thoughts, or ideas 
that I don't like in my life review, I'm probably going to have to work to change them, and they're not just going to instantly flop over to where I want it to go. Yeah, I I I don't know what the spirits have told you about. Do you call uh, life or heaven or the hereafter? But it it does seem like there's a a bit of responsibility that for our actions, and not so much as a make wrong, but um, or punishment, but just like no. we, have, we have to deal with who we are and what we've done and and learn from That's it. That's exactly it. Yeah, we are we are totally responsible for our actions. Any idea of what um, do you call it? Heaven? Do you call it hereafter? You call it death? You call it transitioning? Uh, what what do you, what's your lingo? I call it um, my lingo would be um, the other side, the afterlife, the hereafter. Oh, all good. Um, good, good, good. I, I generally don't use heaven because there's usually a religious connotation oh, to that, yep. and and uh, I, I just don't go there. No, that's <laughs> fine. That's fine. Um, any insights as what what that's like? There's a different for everybody. Well, actually, what what they tell us is the actual environment of the other side um, is a type of landscape, not not very much different from here, that apparently the architecture itself was put in place a long time ago by what they consider the higher-ups, which we can call archangels or whatever you want. Um, However, each individual spirit gets to fine-tune the details. For instance, you can have uh, two people walking on a shoreline. They're standing on the same shoreline. But depending on the individual nature of the spirit, one person can see that shoreline during the daytime in nice, sunny, 70-degree weather, while the other one could be walking that same shoreline and it's night with the stars out overhead. It, it, it really is a more or less a mental realm, which even we are here in a mental realm. It's just very slow. Over there, it's not as slow, and they're able to fine-tune their reality based on their thoughts that's cool because that really tells me we can do it here yeah well well, i think we do it here all the time it's just that it's a very slow dense vibrational energy and 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 we oftentimes get in our own way because we change our mind every three seconds (laughs) uh yes yes we do what what was it like when you um first started doing medium readings for people um what, what, what was the impact on you of being like if somebody's lost a loved one or somebody was in search of and and you could bridge that gap by um what what you saw i I mean you see you see things you hear things all of the above what's your i primarily see and feel although i've been working on the hearing that's something i really would like to develop more of okay Um, but primarily it's feeling and seeing my first reaction was um because to me this the whole mediumship thing is a dual aspect for me. Um, what the first part obviously is making that connection for other people and letting them know that um, their loved one has survived. But the other aspect of it for me is again, what does this say about the nature of consciousness in itself? Uh, Not only for our loved ones who have passed, but also for us, you know, because I, I, I hope that, um, a course of a reading can inspire my sitter to the possibilities of their own eternal nature and their own multidimensional self. And and as I'm going through the reading, that's what it does for me. I mean, when I get some of those really obscure hits, you know, some, you know, kind of like, oh, uh, I don't know, a, a, a big uh, a hot air balloon, for instance. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> when, when stuff like that comes through, I mean, that, that for me um, continues to, to really inspire me to uh, the possibilities of the multidimensional nature of my own consciousness. I love that multidimensional. Yeah, because we are beyond time and space. We actually orchestrate it, um, and and sometimes we lose sight of that. So this this work that I do uh, is really geared for me. That's really what I try to gear it towards. Because I think we're all I think we are all uh, divine, inspirational gods and goddesses. Why do you think we all uh, we all have, whether you call it the ego or the inner critic or the little voice in your head, uh, you know, mine goes to there's no way, you know, when somebody talks and it, I have to set it aside and really listen. And um, we are skeptical in nature and we are very often uh, our worst enemy. You know, like we say to things inside to ourselves that we would never tell another person. Like we would never let anybody treat us like we treat us. You know, what, what, <laughs> know. what, how does that play into um, us being 
human like what what's that about and well and can we do anything about it and i don't think there's one simple answer but i do think a good portion of it um hinges very heavily on on our childhood upbringing okay because i think we are told or taught as children um not to be selfish um start caring more about others you know so uh, oftentimes our our upbringing deals with when it comes to discipline kind of knocking ourselves down a bit and then on top of that we have a societal belief system um, that stems from religion that states you are born less than perfect you are born bad in God's eyes and you foist that on a society and a civilization for thousands of years you're going to have a psychological structure which perpetuates that which will come out in how you think about yourself and your your behavior I mean, let me toy with you for this. Sure. What if we had been told for thousands of years that we were the loving reflection of a source creator and could do everything good, positive, as well as do some things bad and wrong as well, but that we were really um, true lovers of life? How do you think society and humanity would have turned out with that as a theme for thousands of years? Um, well, I have I have my own thoughts about it. Like, we need to have the bad to experience the good, and we need to, like, what would be the point of life if we, and this is just me talking, Sure. like, if it's all good all the time, if we knew exactly who we were every minute, Correct. there would be no challenge in it. There would be no growth. There would be no, uh, you know, evolution I agree with of the you there. soul. Um, but I think if, if we are taught that we are wrong more times than we are right, we start anticipating that we're going to be wrong. And that's where I think the uh, the fall has really gotten into our consciousness. Yeah. You know, I went to the movies um, the other day, and in my reading you saw, or someone told you that I was at the movies, um, but the new movie's out, Pitch Perfect, about the the girls singing and I, yes. I had taken a, a 15 year old girl to see it and uh with my aunt and you know I look and I'm like the oldest person in the room right being 49 <laughs> but I was in a room with all these teenagers teenage girls and uh, you know in my teenage years my heart was broken by my boyfriend who was the first love of my life you know I mean all kinds of bad stuff happened and the when I I look within myself and I made some really severe judgments about myself how bad I was how unlovable I was stuff that's like stuck with me I mean when, yeah. we, when we have those experience young young they stick with us and I'm just looking at these young girls and thinking gosh that was the age of Sandra that like really sentenced me to be an unlovable or not good enough and I just like I got so much kind of peace and clarity and like I could let it go you know just like it's just really interesting to see that age person and realize you know that we do this and it but it still occurs to me like i I was the same me then as i am now but not true (laughs) not true not true not true true let me ask you jeffrey can we all be mediums can we all and maybe not like professional mediums but can do we need a medium to connect with our loved ones in the hereafter or is there things we can do to connect with them? Um, I think everybody has the capacity and the ability because I know, I know some mediums who didn't actually have any uh, pre-existing conditions, shall we say. Um, they just had an interest and so they started studying and they developed. Now for, for you wanting to do mediumship to connect with your own loved ones, I would kind of caution against that because you already know your loved ones. And so it's very hard to be objective um, with the information as it's coming through. That's at that point you would need to go consult another medium to have them connect with your relatives um, so you can get out of you – know, that way you don't have to worry about is this my imagination or not. Because there is a very fine line in knowing that difference at times. Is this your own mind or is this something from spirit? Because the information um, is not always – real blunt and forceful sometimes it's very soft very just very 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 soft and, and kind of not quite there and so you do kind of him and haw is, is this something from spirit or something from my imagination because mm. not every spirit that comes through um, knows how to work with a medium I and mean, that's the other thing too there is there is a knowledge base and a learning curve even for them 
Oh, talk, talk more about that. I've, I've not heard that before. You... Yeah. Um, that's one of the things that can actually uh, sometimes make a reading difficult is um, depending, and I honestly don't understand the entire dynamics of it, uh, because with all time being simultaneous, that really kind of throws a monkey wrench in Right. But um, they do tell us that, and I've, and I've experienced this, where you do a reading for somebody and say their father comes through. Um, I'll actually, this is actually correct. This is one of my sitters. And she comes back multiple times. Her father comes through. That father gets more and more adept at communicating every time she appears. And not just with me. She'll go visit other mediums, and the father will come through. And you can see how much he's progressed in being able to communicate through a medium. Whereas there are some um, who, and this usually happens with relatives who, while they were here on Earth, this would have been seen like as, you know, this is of the devil, or they, or mm-hmm. they just did not believe in it. When they have an opportunity to reach back through using a medium to a relative, because they avoided it in life and everything, um, it's going to be a little bit tougher for them unless they get schooled ahead of time. Uh, again, how do you do ahead of time when all time is simultaneous? But you follow me there. Right. Uh, they need to get that education. Otherwise, it is a, it is a, a we understand a little bit of how the communication works from their side. Uh, they have to be able to enter the light of the medium and be able to work with their frequencies. And if you've never done that before, you might you're going to have a little bit of a harder time than somebody who's who has some experience with that. That's so wild because it it doesn't make any sense, but I can get it. You know, like it's just <laughs> no, like it's oh bizarre. yeah, you just have to figure out the correct energy frequency to enter into whatever. But you know that that does shed some light because I know I've talked to people that you know really heartbroken that someone's. Uh, passed away and they haven't been in contact even one of my race car driver guys um, because I cook for the race car teams uh, has said that his dad's been gone two years and there's not been one sign you know and he really wants to believe but there hasn't been anything you know and I I didn't know what to say to him about that and the best we can say is is it's just not the right time yeah. For whatever reason, we you know we don't always know the reason why, um, but but what, what we do know is that there really is no such thing as coincidence, and so if if things have not happened the way we want, there is a reason for it, and we may not always understand it at the time, but we do we do on some level need to accept it. Wow. Even though we want to rail against it. <laughs> well, yeah, I want my life to be a certain way, and I want certain things to happen. And I know I've been very hard on myself that I haven't done something, or I was, I thought I missed going somewhere, and I'm showed up over here, and then something miraculous will happen, or I'll have some kind of really strange interaction with somebody that it's like, you know what, I had to be right here. So yeah, you know, I want my life to go the way Sandra wants it to go, but you know, it's not <laughs> meant to. What do you think is our our purpose? Uh, being here on earth in these physical bodies if we are these multi-dimensional beings um i believe our purpose is to be able to experience and express and learn all the all the uh, possibilities inherent within our multi-dimensional consciousness man that's good stuff you're a pretty cool guy <laughs> it, it, it gets deep but you know that's one of the questions that as a psychic and a medium that i i prefer not to answer if I'm in a sitting, you know, because some oh, yeah. people say, well, what's, what's my purpose in life? And it's kind of like, oh my gosh, well, that can go in any direction. Are you talking about your job, your children, uh, you, you know, your finance? What I mean, what are you talking about? Because it can go in so many different directions because there are so many different things that we work on in our consciousness that it's just not necessarily one distinct point of, of narrow mindedness that we're working in. Yeah, that's, that's a mighty big question. Um, what excites you now? What what is because I know you enjoy doing medium readings, right? And if our my listeners want to contact you, is that something they can do? First, yes, of all? they can. Um, what I'm really loving these days is um, uh, doing doing groups. Okay. Doing 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 the group gallery readings and stuff. Um, I really enjoy working with audiences in that way. Um, on the research side of things. Uh, I'm still working with the Washington State Ghost Society, and we're coming up with all these new, deep, and and interesting questions about um, more or less trying to understand the nature of a particular spirit's journey and what we're calling exit points. 
and exit points are referring to um, why did they choose to pass out of the body in this way or at this time? Because we're discovering that um, uh, even our death in some way we consciously create. Maybe not consciously aware create it, but in some level, in somewhere in our consciousness, we make that choice to go in that way. Isn't that interesting? Because I, I had a friend, a close friend, passed away a few years ago. Um, she passed away the day after Christmas, and, and me and another medium met with the family to connect. Um, and since then, she's connected with other mediums. And what has come through is very interesting in that she chose that day and that time to leave because she, she also understood that had she stayed, her other opportunity to exit later on would have been much more difficult health-related-wise. So she decided to take an early exit that was also available. Wow. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Yeah, I, I saw my dad suffer something terrible. And it's yeah. kind of hard to grasp that, like, he chose that, you know? Yes, it is very hard to grasp. But when you look at the bigger picture and, and realize that we don't die. That's then, right. Yeah. That's right then what are we really dealing with here? Well, we're dealing with not necessarily an illusion, uh, but a very elaborate passion play. And when it's over, um, we will take what we've learned, what we experienced, and what we've expressed with us into new avenues of experience and expression. Hmm. Do we come back as reincarnation? Um, within a that. simultaneous framework, uh, we have simultaneous selves that when you put it through the framework of time or the fabric of time, it looks like a this before that, but on the other side, they're all there simultaneously. Well, that's kind of mind-blowing what you just said. Let me process that. <laughs> I think yes. I know what you mean. So, so you, you can see, let's say you have past life recollection of being in ancient Egypt. Okay. Okay. From right now, because we are filtering our consciousness and our experience through the fabric of time, Obviously, the Egyptian one looks like it comes before this current one. Right. However, when you step outside of the body and step outside of time, on the other side, you could be conversing with you as an Egyptian because that is still an independent uh, individual life expression and experience that continues to go on on the other side, just like you. It's like fingers on a hand. This is how I typically describe it to people. Okay fingers on a hand when you look at your hand you got five fingers right. that would be how you are in simultaneous time but when you put the hand through the fabric of time you get one finger before the other wow that's a big concept to grasp yes and you and you do in some ways because you're all connected just like a hand affect one another psychically emotionally you'll find that similar uh, anybody who does any reincarnation research will discover that there are similar parallels that happen between these, these reincarnational selves because they're all really simultaneous and they're all interconnected and, 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 and essentially are one through the body of a greater oversoul. I heard a great quote that was, your lifetime is but a thread in the fabric of your soul. Yes. And that, like, yeah, I totally believe that. It just hit me like it's just one tiny little piece and everything's interwoven and there's just so much more oh my yeah I, I love talking to you what am i forgetting to ask you being well a, a host? just just a just a side note okay because in my afterlife interviews books that is one of the questions a couple questions i get into is the reincarnation one and uh, what was interesting was some of the spirits over there that i was connecting with told me they did not want to talk to their other selves because they could because they actually kind of blamed them for some of the issues that they had to deal with in their life here this time around because they initiated it in their mind, quote-unquote, back then, even though it's all simultaneous. I did have other spirits say, well, if you really wanted to know how close a family could be, get to know your simultaneous selves. So it's, it's, it's very interesting. It's fascinating to me. I just, the whole aspect of the no time, no space is one of the things that really gets my mind going. Mm. Talk about your books for a bit. You just mentioned the afterlife interviews. You have two yeah. volumes. What's, what's that about? It sounds like you've interviewed people in the afterlife. That's Is that exactly correct? That's exactly what I did. That's exactly what I did. 
when I was with the Washington, when I'm with the Washington State Ghost Society, we do EVP sessions. Mm-hmm. And when I got started, um, I asked a list of 22 questions at every investigation I went on. Um, and the questions pertain to what is life like as a spirit and the hopes that I would get an EVP. Well, I was getting EVPs on these questions. And then I had this idea of, well, now, wait a minute. I'm a medium. Why don't I interview on a mediumistic level people's loved ones on the other side to find out what is like life like over there? So over a course of a year and a half, I had uh, 14 different people come in. Um, and I would spend probably about 20 minutes doing initial upfront reading to make sure that I was connected with their loved ones mm-hmm. at a good, good frequency. And then I had my sitter ask each one of these 52 questions, and I would bring back the information from their loved ones. I recorded all of these sessions, and I did get EVPs in, in quite a few of them, and uh, put all the answers out in this big, humongous Excel spreadsheet. Mm-hmm. You know, so I had 14 different viewpoints from those in spirit on 52 different questions. And so the Afterlife Interviews Volumes 1 and 2 details what those responses were to those 52 questions. So it starts with the dying process all the way up through the life review, the the, the retaining of the individual identity, uh, and then what is the actual environment like over there? Um, do they have days, nights, seasons? Do they actually have occupations? And what do they really think about organized religion and God? I, I asked as all the things that I could possibly think of. Wow. And I made sure that I had a wide range of backgrounds. So I, I made sure that I had people over there in the spirit world that were Christian, uh-huh. Buddhist, Muslim, atheist, agnostic. I think the only group that I did not get represented in those 14 interviews was Hinduism. Very interesting. Did everything, you... everybody, every, I think every other one I, I pretty much got. Do you have any surprising answers to your questions? Um, well, you probably had a lot of them, but I mean. Any yeah, it's stand... all one big surprise. Uh, the gosh, uh, you know, there are so many of them. I'm sure. The most surprising one to me was um, I, I asked a question about um, religious figures. You know, were there religious figures over there from the Bible, and can you communicate with them? And the answer I got was yes, there are some, but then there aren't some over there. Some of them were, you know, more or less conglomerations of of things that were told. Uh, handed down orally, and so they weren't really connected to a real person. But those that were there were seen as pretty much it's kind of like when you see a superstar, like a movie star, walking on the street mm-hmm. and you go up and approach them and you discover, oh my gosh, you're just a normal person. That's what came through. So they would go Aww. meet these religious figures and suddenly realize, oh, they're just a normal person. And in fact, they too are just that that one religious figure is just one self connected to other simultaneous selves just like everybody else and so there's every possibility that any one of us you or I or any one of your listeners may actually be a, a really uh, high quality guru type person like a biblical figure in some other time wow and maybe even in this, because we don't know what our and future is in, in this time around. That's correct. We don't know. <laughs> but we're all connected. We all come from the same source. And so we all have the same possibilities available to us. Whether or not we choose to exercise them and, and, and work with them is, is another thing. But all the possibilities are there. Oh, wow. And your other book, did that come before the Afterlife? The other movies? one came before, Yeah. That the first book, Your Magical Soul, How Science and Psychic Phenomena Paint a Different Picture of the Self and Reality. That one, not so much about mediumship. It, it, it's more of a, they, they have been studying psychic phenomena really since the 1800s, but it started back in the 1970s with the Stanford Research Institute and the uh, remote viewers, where they really started doing some scientific exploration in, in what is happening what, with psychic phenomena and this sort of thing. And so it, the book kind of takes a, a wide look, a broad view of, of some of the research that was done and, and demonstrates that indeed we, you and I and everybody else, um, are beyond time and space. We do orchestrate it. We do create it. And we have these abilities. We are uh, powerful and eternal and multidimensional. Yeah, that's the beauty of all of this. And, and 
uh, it's one of the reasons I love doing this show and talking to people because it's like I get if we don't die and doing electronic voice phenomena, recording voices on recorders, um, and things like remote viewing, seeing into time and space and all and, and so many of these things. If that's possible, it's like what else is possible? And yeah. who are we really? And and you know, a lot of people um in my past, you know, just would think the world of this kind of conversation is airy fairy new age stuff but it really is i think getting closer and closer um to the science world catching on and i think even like you had said in in england it already they're light years ahead of us just the fact that when we talk about um quantum physics and yeah and, and energy and all this like this stuff is is very real and it's it's not hocus pocus it's not you know it's it's the real deal yeah, no, when we when we approach it objectively and and still retain some skepticism because mm-hmm. you don't want to just willy-nilly just buy into everything. No. But when you when you approach it, I think honestly and objectively and really look at it. I mean, here's something that most people don't know. There's actually, I believe it's six times more evidence for the reality of ESP than aspirin being good for the heart. Oh, I love that. That was detailed in, in uh, one of Dean Radin's books, and he's a scientist that works for the Institute of Noetic Sciences. I believe it's six times. Uh, it's either six or ten, but it, 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 it's significantly way more data to demonstrate the authenticity of ESP than aspirin being good for the heart. Gosh. And, and it's so amazing that it's so easy, and I, I live in one of those skeptical brains to say, there's no proof of this, there's no proof of... Uh near-death experiences there's no proof you know nobody can prove to me ESP is real but you know if you keep saying that long enough and you don't do the research well of course that's what you're going to believe and and they know from quantum physics work in there that the attitude of the researcher will have a definite impact on the results of the experiment oh that's amazing positive and negative if they are going in there with a negative outset it will impact the results of those experiments that's amazing stuff. How can we learn more? You you are somebody who says you help foster the the foster the fire of multidimensional empowerment within you. So you know, I, you know we've just spoken about an hour now, but it's like I want to know more. You know, how can how how can what where should we go? What should we do? I mean, I know for people in or that want to travel in your area, you offer a, a mediumship course, right? You got medium yes. 101. Mediumship um, 101. I know you do speaking and you do the group readings, but, and, and I really, if you're a listener right now and you want a good medium reading, he's, he's the real deal. Um, he really well, is. You. Yeah. I, I really guarantee anything. No, you can't. Different, but, but, but you're sincere and really authentic I about do. that. I, I have a, I have an emotional vested interest in making sure that connection happens yeah so, so that's awesome i mean you yeah. really are the real deal and, and, and you are Thank passionate you. about about making a difference that way but um as far as uh other things that you learn obviously we can read your books right and do you uh list i'm sure everything's on your website which is spiritualexploration.com right right and any other tools you want to recommend or share um, if people are interested in, in kind of experiencing their multidimensional selves, oh, that sounds uh, so I cool. recommend what's that? That just sounds cool. <laughs> yeah, I recommend doing things like intention work, doing things like divine parking. Uh, one of the things I used to do at work is every day I go up to City Hall in my city where I work, and, and it's a, a three. Uh, door elevator. So when you walk in the lobby, you have three elevator doors to choose from. Mm-hmm. And what I would do is before I leave my office to go travel to up to City Hall, which is about a mile and a half, two miles away, I would tune myself in such a way as to be able to predict which door was going to open, which one of those elevator doors was going to open. And I actually cataloged for about two weeks my hits and misses. And uh, I was on about 80% of the time. And that, and that, now what's very interesting is how does that relate to multidimensionality? It's sort of similar with the divine parking is you got to be able to take into account all the stoplights, pedestrians, and everything else that are going to get in your way before you even get to that 
that platform in front of those elevators, push that elevator button, and then know what door is going to open up. Oh, that's awesome. I've even played around in the world of remote viewing. I took a course with Russell Targ. I think I told you about that yeah. earlier. But it's sometimes when I'm having a bad day and I feel like I'm really locked into uh, this human reality really being real and yeah. and I take myself oh so significantly, I can have the intention of knowing what's on a uh, like a page of a magazine, right? Yeah. So yeah. I, I let my mind just wander. And of course, I've got the, the negative mind that's going, you can't do this. This isn't real. And I set that aside. <laughs> and I just, you know, like, well, what if it is? What if it is? And then I take out a notepad and I start scribbling down images that come to my mind or things that I see. And then I'll go pick up a random magazine, right? Yeah. And then I'll open it to a random page and there will be something or very oftentimes several of the things that just came to my mind uh, or you know yeah. as, aspects of those things uh, like I could see stripes and there could be something that's got stripes in it things like that but it is so wild because it's like not only like I hadn't made those choices yet of what page I'm going to open to even right. what magazine I'm going to open to Yeah. and so in that split second it's so empowering that it's like oh yeah Sandra don't take yeah. yourself so seriously there's more to the picture here you know yeah all we really need to do is just just be curious enough to experiment and that's it I mean that's really all it requires is yeah. just be curious enough to experiment and be uh, but uh, again kind of like you say you do have to get past that doubting mind and that skeptical mind. I mean, even even for me as a medium, and I've done this for 16 years, I have to really prep myself before a reading because throughout the day, I will have moments of doubt myself going, geez, am I really going to make this connection? Can I really move my mind in the proper direction to make it work? So now there are some mediums, they have no problem at all. They just, you know, it's kind of like second hat and they just flip over and they're on. I'm not one of those mediums. I really have to work at it. Can um, I just ask you how you turn it on? I mean, it might be too too big of a question to answer but i there's got to be some kind of a practice that you put in place of something uh, honestly i i have an affirmation prayer that i use uh the way i look at it is if you kind of have to approach it like a in a sense an olympic athlete you know how it's it's not, like 80 90 percent a mental game yeah. and the rest is physical mm -hmm. it, with mediumship it's pretty much 100 percent mental because that's where the information is coming through, is through the mind and through the body. Um, and so you have to get into that mental space and be open to allow that information to come in, to pop into your consciousness. And so, you know, after you work a full day at a job and everything, it's not necessarily an easy thing to do just to sit down and flip your mind over and, and start bringing through spirit, at least not for me. So I, I have a, a big, long paragraph that speaks to moving awareness and being in that power because there's a certain sense of power frequency when you're in that state uh, and, and this affirmation I read it probably about two or three times to to more or less move me in that direction wow. that's how I prepare that's awesome and just for our listener too your full-time job uh, you have a full-time job aside from correct being a paranormal yes. investigator medium all that yes which is highly um, exciting to me that no matter who you are, what you're doing, you know, you can follow your interests and still, you know, make it all work, follow your passions and, and, and yeah. stuff. You know, I still work with the race car teams and own a small business and, you know, here I am in my PJs in my bedroom, you know, in the evening interviewing <laughs> you and, you know, this is my passion too, right? So we, we can do it all. You know, my, my fire is lit. So yeah. any any closing words before we wrap up the interview? Any um, anything coming to mind you want to share with, I don't know, our listener or anything at all? Yeah, just that um, no matter what we've been told throughout our lives or what we might believe, we actually were born perfect, and we were born perfect because we have every possibility available to us and the ability to exercise the will to go and experience those possibilities. It's just sometimes a little hard depending on the mental frameworks that we've created. But that doesn't negate the fact that those possibilities are there. And if we choose to, we can experience them. And we do go beyond time and space, and we do not die. I want to give you a big hug. Thank you so much. 
You're so welcome. Thank you so much. And and to our listener, thank you so much for being for being here episode after episode, or even if it's, this is your first episode, I hope you enjoyed it. But Jeffrey, really honest, it was just a pleasure. I mean, really great. And I and I really look forward to a friendship with you and, and, and staying in touch when I start doing uh, bigger seminars and things like that. We can be on stage together. Somewhere. I would absolutely love yeah. that. Yeah, that yeah. Be- That'd be a kick in the pants. Yeah, because we'll have fun, you know, and, <laughs> and um, yeah, and you're really, really easy to listen to. So, again, um, I want to remind our listeners, you can always go to wedontdieradio.com where you can find out more about Jeffrey Marks. And also his website is spiritualexploration.com. And um, on his episode of uh, this show right now, I have his a link to his website, a picture of him, and a link to his books. And be sure to get your free thank you gift for uh, listening to the show today on wedontdieradio.com. This is Sandra Champlain. I do believe with all my heart that life is an education for the soul and that your life here on earth is important and in the words of Jeffrey Marks be curious enough to experiment I mean go for it why not have fun and really get that you're so much more than who you may think you are so thanks again for listening and we'll see you soon 